to Classroom Brew. This is episode 15, I think. This week, I actually have a buddy of mine, Chris, on, who's actually one of my first mentor teachers that I had in my part-time uh, practi- practicum? Sure. Internship, whatever you want to call it. Sure. Um, how you doing, though? I'm doing great. Aside from the weather. Yeah. Shitty weather. I think it took, you said, like, what, a half hour just to drive? Uh, like, like 45 minutes, yeah, to go, <laughs> like, five miles. <laughs> <laughs> so we were kind of talking beforehand, and we, we got onto a, num- a number of different topics and stuff like that so like you're really involved with like facing history and things like that that awesome pen pal thing uh before we dive into that though i i almost forgot to ask you this before you were thinking about doing a phd uh type of program are you still going that route or yeah um the university i was looking at uh they're not accepting new students at the moment to the program i'm looking at but um yeah definitely looking at it um kind of like my next focus in my career i did my undergrad in the teaching of social science and then couldn't get a job in that because no one was hiring at that time so i had to go back and do math and i kind of want to circle back to that um and do like a focus on like policy studies especially with like violence prevention within um schools and like policies within it um you know focusing like on the school to prison pipeline and really what's going on in schools, what's good going on in schools, but also what could be fixed with that. And I think it would be a really interesting study and I think it would be really beneficial to, to what I could offer. So, you know, as teachers, we're always ever evolving and looking for a new thing and just kind of looking at what I, what my next step could be to give back, I guess. Yeah. So especially cause we were, we were just talking before we hit record, we were talking about students that like when they, act out or whatever and then they're moved down to an alternative school uh you were saying like it, I, i'm not gonna yell at them like it's just one more adult um so kind of solving that problem that'd be really cool to to work through yeah and and i think it's it's really important like as adults especially if we're not from some of the neighborhoods or the backgrounds that these kids are is is having authentic conversations with them not thinking what we know is best for them but finding out what really speaks to them. So, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, this is the thing I'm really, uh, you were talking about it a little bit, but this pen pal thing that you heard about for some school in Memphis, like when you're talking about empathy and things like that. Yeah. So what's, what's that? So that's through, that was facing history, right? Yeah. So, um, let me, let me back up and give a little bit of background. So, um, the first 10 years of my career, I I spent in a predominantly Latino neighborhood, but the school I taught at was a K to eight, um, basically served almost 100% Latino students, uh, that were, you know, high need, high, 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 um, high need. Um, so there wasn't ever an issue with empathy and understanding really, because the backgrounds that they were from, it was kind of like they understood hardships and things. So the school that I, I've been working at the last two years, I've seen kind of a a, a shift in my approach. Um, the students are more affluent. Um, they come from a fairly rich part of the city. And last year I was just kind of – I was seeing some difficulties through our, our lessons and things with them being able to connect to – um, things like the refugee crisis or things like food deserts or things of that nature and getting them to like understand, but even care about it. So I was at a workshop and they were talking about this one teacher. We we read a blog post from her 
And just this really cool thing outside of Boston, almost the same demographic as the kids I'm teaching, um, fairly affluent, and the teacher was having the exact same difficulty. So this teacher found a partner school in in Arkansas, very red, very um, you know low income, white co- or blue collar neighborhood, um, and, and started this pen pal. And every month they would do a different rotation. One month might be about talking about religion. One might be about politics. Different things as it went. So um, my um, outreach coordinator that that works with facing history and ourselves told me that you know she would really enjoy doing this with my kids and myself. And we're trying to actually find a school in Memphis to do the same thing. So <clears throat> looking up maybe some of my kids that are in a more affluent part of Chicago with students that are in the very different demographic of Memphis. Right. So especially if you're talking about like religion and <laughs> Right, exactly. So um and I think that's the main goal, right? Is is creating authentic conversations with the kids, you know, not having them email back to each other, but actually have them do, you know, written letters. Cause I think even just the way people do the way people write tells so much about their identity as well. Sure. Um, so if I think it, if yeah. it's readable, if, it, if it's readable, well, that, that should, that's just something right there too. Right. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, how is that going to work that? So you haven't, the school that cause there was a merger as well as a bunch of closings that happened in CPS. How is that going to work then with the, is, is this happening this year or next year? Or is it going to be like a continual thing? Like, how is it going to work with the potential? So we're, 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 we're hoping to, to start this by the end of the year. Um, she's had some difficulties finding a school partnership, um, just because things in, in Memphis are, are just as crazy as things are in Chicago. Um, but definitely with what, we're a school where our demographics are going to change next year. Um, not like a half, half change, but we're we're definitely going to be taking on some students that are much different than ours um which i think opens up many opportunities if if teachers are willing to open those opportunities do you mean like culturally diverse or educationally socioeconomically diverse okay gotcha yeah socioeconomically diverse um and and i think that will be really good um but i also think with with some of the things that happen within educational politics that um sometimes sometimes the people in charge don't tread lightly on that right it 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 falls a lot on the fact that they say that they're doing the best for a neighborhood and a community but then it's kind of like one of those flash in the pans like we did this it's great but then it falls on the backs of the teachers and we're left to be <laughs> the ones that have to clean up that mess that sounds and, about right. Right. <laughs> and and even though we might have the best intentions, sometimes it falls to the point where no matter what we say to these kids, it ends up like that stepfather or stepmother coming in that <laughs> sure. they didn't want in the first place, yeah. right? Um and and I think that's a very interesting thing because that builds more walls than bridges within the city. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, and they they also asked you, so probably a testament like you were saying to uh, to who you are as a teacher and their trust in you, but they actually asked you to be part of the whole culture and climate disciplinary type of thing. Once they merge the school, <laughs> that's, that's gotta be a hectic and 
a lot to handle. Yeah, so we we have like 500 committees going on at our school. So <laughs> it's not enough. So it's not yeah, enough. yeah, right. <laughs> so I'm 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 part of like five of them, but um, <laughs> the one the one that I am most passionate about is is this culture and climate one, and the fact that I think it's really important that we have teachers that are reflective about our own practices and things of that nature. And, um, understanding that, that you can't have blanket policies within a school, um, for, for students. Cause you know, I, I think back, I think back to some teachers that I, that I saw in the past or see currently. And like, they will be like really ripping into a kid in the hallway and they'll be like, you know, look me in the eye, look me in the eye when I'm talking to you. And that's just like, so culturally insensitive to some of these kids. Right. And, um, I think it's important for, for us as educators to constantly be aware of like things that are going on and like going back that, that one size doesn't fit all, you know? And I'm pretty passionate about, um, you know, this restorative justice and, and these reparations and getting teachers at times to to admit they were wrong in a given situation and, and be able to sit down and, and have a conversation in a peace circle with a kid. Yeah. Or be able to you know, we we were we were having conversations about some of these students that, you know, is a, this one that we were having a conversation about as a sophomore in high school right. and and the kid can't function in a school setting. So the school's driving him out to, to an alternative school. So I constantly think, you know, I, I know a lot of teachers will be, well, great, good, good rents. We don't need that kid in our school. But what got that kid to that point? Yeah. You there, know? There's a, it's, and it's tricky, too, because I wasn't there the first year. I don't know everything yeah. that went out. Like, I can try to, like, ask around and look back, things like that. But I'm not sure exactly what was allowed to happen yeah. from what it sounds like. They've had, they've even had those moments when they're like having a sit down, doing a restorative conference, things like that. Um, but like when I was meeting with the parent and with the student, as well as every other teacher that he had and admin, he was completely shutting down, Yeah, which was sad because it's like, we need to address this or like, let's even just hear your side of it because all we have is what we have from the write up from the one teacher, as well as the other many issues that were going on. But it's like we have no idea to gauge what what's going on with him. Parent wasn't aware because clearly he's shutting down. It it sucks, to be honest with you, because you'd like to do something other than send them to an alternative school because that already has a different connotation. It's a different type of diploma. And it's like you were talking about. You're trying to avoid with your potential dissertation uh, for your PhD, avoiding that drop out to prison pipeline type of thing. But that's even when you say that, right, Ryan, you, you, you weren't aware of what happened freshman year, but I go back to, you know, what happened when the kid was, was seven years old or eight years old. Yeah. That's right. True. You know, yeah. I mean, <laughs> up to sophomore year, I mean, at sophomore year, these kids are, are basically like grown ass adults, right? Yeah. Like something had to happen, whether it was in their community in a school setting. And I, and I understand like as teachers, we can't bear that full weight because there is a lot of other things that go on out there. So I'm not saying that we are the end all be all, but I do think it's, it's important for us to, to do what we can. And, you know, I think, I think community partnerships are really big too with it, you know, like understanding the positives that are going on in the neighborhood. You know, I, I was, I was reflecting on this today when I was watching the news and, they uh this morning they were talking about how Chicago crime and murders were down for the first time in uh multiple years and 
you know, the, the superintendent came on and goes, I never would have thought like back in the day, we would have said Inglewood's leading the way for murder reduction and things of this nature. And it's just a testament, you know, to, to the police and yeah, granted, like I, I understand that, but where, what about all these other community organizations that are trying to make, give these kids in poor places? What about yeah. these, these policies that, that teachers are putting in, in schools that are, they're leading to this too, right? Like, we have such a militant and military like style of justice in this city that you know we're stopping the bad guys on the street but we're not looking at where where that kid came from yeah. and like is there anything as a sophomore we could do other than throw him out on the street where the cops are then detaining him and it's sad too cuz that's it's not just a disciplinary thing it's also an educational intervention type of thing yeah. like there was an article that came out about my school and some other schools too but mine was named in it talking about how they've thrown all this money into schools like this and they're not seeing any results even though they were comparing SAT scores from 2007 to 2016 like a completely <laughs> different group of kids right they didn't think like not to mention that the school has gone through a lot of changes like with what yeah. it was but they're not even thinking like maybe this is about feeder schools and like younger kids and not just putting it on, you know, the group of teachers in the building at the current time, right? Or all those schools they shut down a couple years yeah, ago. Yeah, right. Like now, yeah. They just assume, exactly. yeah, that's not going to have any adverse effects that they're driving 45 minutes by bus to get to their school every day. Right. Like, Jesus right. Christ. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, that that is kind of sad, though, the way that they... It's almost, I think last week I kind of equated it to like trying to fix a a major league baseball player's throwing motion when it's like, you should probably do that when he's like a kid in like little league. Right. But they just don't seem to realize that there are these precursors Mm -hmm. to what's happening. But that just sucks. It's not lazy, but it's almost, uh, it's lacking that empathy kind of like you were saying earlier Yeah, to actually understand it. Yeah. It's interesting because like, you know, I remember having that conversation with, with you, um, like, within the first couple of weeks of your, your career that you started. And we're, <laughs> you're just like, day. I don't know what the hell to do with these kids and their phones. And I think that's a really important <laughs> thing, right. right? Like when we were growing up, that didn't, that, I mean, there were cell phones and things, but it didn't exist like this is. And do we fight it? Do we embrace it? Right. You know, like it, it's very interesting understanding what we can do without, you know, reinventing the wheel every day <laughs> yeah yeah and it's weird too so like i've and i've used like pear deck and pull everywhere things like that mm-hmm. but it's crazy how much like backlash i'll get within my own school being like well you allowed them to use their phones for this and now they use it in my class and i don't have it at all and it's like they really they should know better but now it's becoming like a, a teacher versus teacher type of thing it's it's brutal the, the phones will never be solved and it's 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 really interesting too that you say that right because we always run into those policies you know in my classroom kids will you know I like to have a classroom where kids are are comfortable with themselves and it's it's a safe place for them and they should be able to represent their identity and in a respectful way but like other teachers will come in I'll have kids with their hoods up or a hat on or something like T-, you know they'll be yelling at the kid like take your hat off take your hat off <laughs> yeah. and I'm just and they're like but Mr McCabe lets me have it and I'm like. And you're like, oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do that. I do that, too, especially because I have a room that gets really cold. And yeah. at a certain point, there was a kid that he didn't have a jacket. All he had was a winter hat with like the little bean yeah. on top. And I was like, yeah, go ahead if you're freezing. And then I'm pretty sure it, it wasn't like an official evaluation, but someone walked in and they were like, take that hat off right now. And it's like, oh, shit, is this going to look bad on me? But he had to like take a step back and think like, oh, let's think practically. Is the room cold? What's going on here? Is this kid yeah. going through something like bad hair days? That's a big one. 
Yeah. So. Yeah, he would get the bad haircut. Like, they didn't <laughs> yeah. want anybody to see it. <laughs> I don't, that wouldn't have been tolerated when I was in school. They'd yeah, like, right. get the damn thing off. <laughs> there was this one when I was in high school. If you paid like two bucks, you got like a sticker and you had to put it on your hat and you could wear it for like a couple weeks or something like that. It was like a special limited time type of thing. But So that's a suburb school. That is right a suburb school. <laughs> <laughs> you could tell instantly. <laughs> Classic right there though. But yeah, no, no, I agree though. Like with the phone thing, it's crazy like thinking about like, do you really want to make it that big of a deal? I think that's the biggest difference between some teachers where a student, you know, they get annoyed when they walk in versus they're actually there to learn. And it's, typically based on like how are you like are you going to make a big deal about something that seems small to them yeah because it is a changing culture i had uh the other day because i had to give the constitution test which <laughs> is a whole nother thing right but it's state <laughs> mandate so we have to yeah. so i always give retakes on things right like everybody has a bad test day and um the day after we took it i was going to give a retake that following day i released the scores um through the google form so they could kind of see what they missed this and the other so I saw this girl at the towards the end of class, and it was like the day, the two days before break, and she was texting, and I'm just like, oh man, like that's like my one rule, this and the other. So I go up and I'm like, hey, like who are you texting? She's like, oh, I'm texting, you know, so and so, the girl who sits next to her who wasn't in school. Oh, uh-huh. so I was like, ah, all right, like what are you texting about? She's like. You know, her alarm didn't go off. She's really freaked out that you're not going to let her retake and Mm. her grade's going to be stuck the way it is. And I'm just like, you know, at that point, it's kind of like, can you be mad at her for being a good friend in that regards to calm her down? So, you know, I took the girl's phone and I texted because she was like, (laughs) I don't think I don't think he's going to let me retake. And I I took her phone and I texted like, probably not. He's a jerk. And (laughs) she texted back like, yeah, you're right. And I'm just like, oh, I just (laughs) opened myself for that one. And you go like, all right, this is actually him. Like, yeah, oh, that's what I said. I'm like, I'm like, by the way, this is. And she's like, no. <laughs> that's that's going to stick with her for the rest of her exactly. life. Exactly. She's like, I actually think you're a really nice guy. I was just agreeing with my friend. <laughs> she's like, please let me retake it at this point. Like, yeah, after right. I did that once where uh, there's a kid that like he he walked out and he does it all the time. You don't take it personally, but there there's a group of friends and they they always have like Snapchat or something like that. And so I was like, hey, real quick, take a snap of me like doing like a thumbs down, something like that, and then make the caption, come back to class now, unless you want to serve a detention. <laughs> so I'm sure you love that. But but that's 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 where I feel like like we embrace it, right? Like, you know, the kids live in a digital world now. If we can teach them to have fun with it and use it at the appropriate times, right? then why should we just be outlawing it like all the time with that, I yeah. guess? Yeah. So it's that- interesting. That being said, though, it's it's kind of I collect phones for like assessments. Just we have yeah. a lockbox. I put them in there. They're really good. That's like one kid. I was like, hey, put your phone in the box. He was like, what? What's going on? But he wasn't there. Like, uh, OK, when I gave him the warning that it was happening. And as soon as I said, oh, it's an assessment. He was like, oh, OK, cool. My bad. Yeah. So it's like, OK. All right. They're they're down with that. They get it. Right. They understand it. So that's kind of encouraging. But, yeah. Yeah. But, so that's good. Yeah. Can this be a pause point? Yeah. If you want to. Okay, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Let's do that. <laughs> All right, so we had to take a quick little break there for refills and stuff like that. Uh, you grabbed another? Okay, good. Um, so I wanted to ask, because I, I think I talked about it on this podcast pretty early on. Uh, do you remember the bird story when I was covering your class when you were out? <laughs> <laughs> I was at, like, professional development or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, my God. Did you ever hear from, like, that sub? Like, sometimes they leave notes or anything no. like that? Oh, my God. That was, um, I'll bleep out the name, but that was when was going at it with the sub being, like... 
you called us stupid when we were in elementary school, and yeah. I went to go make a copy in like um, the math room that you had down the hall, yeah. and then I hear a scream because some kid let a bird and they thought was injured. And... <laughs> you know, it's funny. I have that. I have that kid again this year, <laughs> and that kid. That's one of those kids that like I keep trying to reach, and it's just not. It's not happening. Yeah, like he's, he was very hit or miss. He he do, he doesn't get it. Like you know, and and you know, it's it's constantly trying to reach him, and I just can't. And like, um, he's getting like D's and F's in most of his classes, and like, mm-hmm. parents pulled him out to go do a uh, football tournament or football <laughs> um thing in Florida for a week. And like, for a week? For a week. Jesus. And, you know, he came back. He's like, well, what did I miss? I'm like, you missed the summative. <laughs> and he's like, oh, can I come in and make it up? I'm like, yeah, you can come in during your lunch and make it up. Like, All right. Hasn't come in yet. Gosh. And it's been about a month. I keep emailing mom. Oh, he'll be in today. He'll be in today. I'm like, he's not in today. And he keeps asking, can I come in today? And I'm like, yeah. And this is like, <laughs> this, is, you, this, is, this is fourth period and lunch is fifth period. And I'm like, <laughs> your memory can't be that bad, kid. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my God. No, I, I have a feel like that too. That's, that's incredible though. Oh my God. And they don't even realize like, oh, it's affecting their grade. Right. And, and, and that's the thing too, right? Like <laughs> circling back, right? Like we, we have kids that like are set up against everything. And then we have kids that have like everything. Yeah. And it, they just don't take, they up just on don't it. take up on it. Yeah. Right. Like, so no, it's, it's yeah, <laughs> I'm on round two with that kid. But. Yeah, yeah. Oh man. Yeah. I remember, I remember he was having a good day that day too. And I, I like didn't even think about it. Cause I was like, Oh cool. We're firing on all cylinders. And I, I step out for two seconds to make like two copies and everything goes to all shit hell, with the sub. All hell breaks loose. <laughs> yeah. There's a bird in the room. Yeah. <laughs> this year, this year outside um, one of my rooms, I have a bee's nest. So they, oh, like geez. a bee gets in and it's like. You would think it's like freaking Armageddon. They're like <laughs> screaming and yelling. I'm just like, oh my god! Oh, that's happened. Down. The bees gotten in. Yeah, like oh, one, geez. like one bee. <laughs> it's just like, are any of you allergic? No, and I'm like, then chill out. <laughs> it's gonna be fine. It's gonna yeah. be fine. Oh my god. Yeah, that was that was my first. I remember you were like, hey, can you come in when I'm not here to just like cover the class yeah, and yeah, like yeah. here's the lesson plan. It's it's pretty simple. Uh, and I was like, yeah, yeah. And I, I was like, I wonder why. Like, I'm sure the sub can handle it. Uh, no. Oh, man. I no. just, that's when I realized subs in the inner city <laughs> are I, there for a paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're there to just, I remember once I, I walked into to my department head's room and it was a sub that I had had previously. And there's kids sitting on desks, they're throwing shit. And I was just like, hey, can you guys keep it down? Because yeah. my class is doing something. Uh, they're on task. And I was like, weren't you the guy that I had? Great. Now I understand why I didn't get a single paper yesterday. And it, and it's funny, right? Like my my buddy Jeff and I always have this conversation about it, right? Like some subs like go in and you know they have they have really great intentions and things, and we're just kind of like okay, like we go to the kids, like listen, it's it's an adult and it's the most unthankful job in the entire world, yeah, to go in and be a substitute because they automatically know that you're not going to listen to them, <laughs> yeah. They know if they get anything out of you, like they just don't want any hassle from you, like. And I understand that. Right. But like my buddy Jeff and I had a conversation. I walked into his room and he had a sub who actually I know through through um, the debate organization. And he was sitting there and he's on his phone and just, you know, having a good old time, like backs to the kids. And this is like eighth graders. Mm -hmm. And you know what? I saw all the kids on their phones and I knew in Jeff's plans it said, Please do not let the kids go on their phones. <laughs> and, you know, he came in the next day. I'm like, hey, I'm just going to let you know. 
kids were on their phones, but so was the sub the entire time. He wasn't even paying attention. He's like, then how Jesus. how can we fault how can we fault the kids then? Yeah, no, exactly. right? Because they're gonna model whatever the adults' behavior is. Yeah. So it makes sense. So you know, it's kind of. I remember I I even took a picture once to be like, look how prepared I am. The first time I prepped for a sub, I had like. <laughs> You know, like every handout label, like this is for a second period, third period, fourth period. Now it's like here's one handout, here's one thing, just do it for all the classes. Three sciences. Like, don't let, don't let Lord of the Flies happen. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah, right. Like let me come back to like a, a normal room and like no windows broken, things like that. Don't let Piggy die. <laughs> oh man, no spoilers on that. But, but yeah, so uh, I was also, and we we kind of talked about when you uh, weird interview questions, which it kind of circles back because we were also talking about like potentially moving around in the first few years yeah. of your career or things yeah. like that. What was, what was the interview question? Oh, it was great. It was like, <laughs> it was like, you know, you walk into, it's your first day at school and you walk into the class you've been assigned to and there's no, there's no desks and there's no books and there's no markers and anything. And you have a whole bunch of kids that walk into the room and it's like, what do you do? And like, I'm sure other teachers would be like, oh, you know, we're going to do some activity to get to know you. I'm like, you go find an empty room with desks in it. It seems like a no brainer. <laughs> well, you, you were telling me the one like, like yes. what do you wear? They're like, what are you wearing? Like, what color is the tie? Like, what kind of pants? Uh, what are you going to wear the day after? And I was like, I, I don't another nice shirt. And, and they were like, good answer. And then they moved on and asked me about differentiation. I was like, what the fuck was in this inside my head? Like, what do they want from me in this interview? It went well though. Like they asked me to come back, but you're like, I well, no idea. I got to wait two weeks until I get that first paycheck. And then we can talk about <laughs> having talk shoes about without ties. holes in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Please hire me. <laughs> but so you, you started in a school and you were there for like 10 years and then you moved, years. moved on. Yeah. Uh, in terms of like moving around or like finding times to, like switch i know it's tricky in some districts for like the window that you can move but i had a, a one teacher that he's been at this school for like a decade or two something like that and like my like third week of working there like i ran into him in like a lounge when i was making copies and he's like yeah you should probably like try to move like i'm not trying to discourage you but you should probably move around before you become too expensive which was and like i get it was good advice like i appreciate it he and i like i think we're pretty close yeah. and i appreciate his realism but I wasn't sure because I know you started off and you were in one place for a while. Yeah. But I mean, you were happy there. Yeah. For the most part. <laughs> that, was, so, so, that was the most questioned. Like, yeah, yeah, I think so. So, so I, took a, I took a little bit of a different approach getting into it because, you know, I, I started out uh, at IIT like my freshman year and I'm like architecture. And I was like, eh, I don't like architecture. Let me try like ma materials and metallurgical engineering. And I'm like. Eh, it's not working out and then i <laughs> definitely spent a little too much time in the in the party scene rather than the class scene so <laughs> <laughs> but you met your wife uh, no no that, that was his will after <laughs> oh okay <laughs> so, <I didn't> know. <laughs> <laughs> so you know i had to go back do the community college thing took some time off did uh did an internship with a not-for-profit for kids with disabilities and um then ended up at UIC, and then I'm like, you know what, I'm going to go and be a teacher, what I wanted to do in the first place, and stop listening to my parents and things. And so, like I said before, like, uh, there were no jobs. So what happened was I got I got hired on as a cadre to take over a maternity leave, okay. and then they, they put me, once she came back, they put me in this room. Oh, my God. It was like, it was a sixth, seventh, eighth grade bilingual split. And it wasn't even these. Welcome. Yeah, these kids weren't even bilingual. I mean, they were, but they weren't. It was this teacher that the principal was just trying to drive out of there. 
and she these kids were the roughest in the school and um so this teacher took like a three-week leave so i was with these kids for three weeks and it was it was rough to get them to like buy in but eventually they did and and it was a good group of kids so they hired me on for that time but over that course you know i i i think it's interesting what they say like oh like move around a lot but you become invested in a place you're working and um you know i i did you know i did classes at ufc for for math i did my master's at iit i did my national boards um i did um an ell endorsement um so you know i have i have a master's 45 so i have plenty beyond my bachelor's but it got to the point where i love those kids they were they made the, they were the only reason I went to work every day because yeah. they were just great kids. But I remember the time where I decided to leave after that 10 years. And it was around this time we, we, it was break and we went back and <clears throat> my principal was making it really rough on me that year. It was always, always really rough. And I still talk to teachers and it's, it's, Kind of a thing, and you know, oh, like still there and still making it rough on. Yeah, and and it was things like slut shaming the girls, and like you know, Jesus. like it, yeah, and like in front of people, and like um, inadequate policies, like oh, you know, if a kid's not at grade level, even if they're special ed, you can't give them higher than a D, and like you know, really bad policy yeah, stuff that was like fought. Yeah, that seems like borderline yeah, unethical, right? There. Exactly. But um, I just remember coming to the point where like I pulled into the parking lot, and I always get to school usually around six thirty, six forty-five in the morning, and I remember just sitting in my car and staring, and I sat there for about ten minutes and not wanting to go to school, and I'm like. Mm. It's time for me to look for a new place. Yeah. And I think ultimately going back to that teacher, like move around a lot and get 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 places before you become expensive and get experience. <clears throat> I don't think that's I don't think I don't know if that's the right advice because hmm. I spent 10 years at a place and I put a lot more into myself. Sure. Um, yeah. And no matter what happened, I was confident with the experience I had and the ability I had and I would have found a job somewhere. And it's one of those, like, how do I put this without, like, offending anybody? (laughs) Um, If you're taking the advice of move around before you become too expensive, then you're probably not doing what you should be doing in the classroom. Yeah. Because if you're doing the right thing, you will find some administrator that will pay for you. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, if you're, if you, even if it's your first year or two there, if you produce some sort of change where the environment becomes better, where you would want to stay, then when you do eventually move, so like what you were, the situation you were in, when you decided, all right, I want to move, you can say, here's what I was, you know, working toward. These are the reasons that I did want to leave. That way they can see it as, oh, that's that candidate that's going to stand out. Yeah. And I built a lot at that school. Yeah. Right. I mean, like, you can be proud of that too. Yeah. I mean, it was a neighborhood, high title one school. And like, I built a debate program where I had kids finishing. I had, I had a team finish second in the nation. At, and the, the team they lost against was Mon- Montgomery Bell Academy from Nashville, which is like 30 grand a year. Mm. And then <laughs> to get to that point, they built, they beat Sacred Heart of Chicago and they beat Harker of California. And like, so I, I definitely built a resume and things, and especially yeah. with my pedagogical knowledge. But that's the thing. Like, I don't think you should. Ha- anyone should have to worry about moving around 
if you have a high passion for what you're doing. Sure. And you have a drive to get constantly better at your job. Because if you become stagnant, yeah, then you become a dinosaur. Then you become another another piece of paper in that stack of resumes. Yeah. So. I know my, I think my only concern, so like if my principal is there next year and things continue to trend the way they have, I'm going to be confident in saying, yeah, I want to come back because I know I can actually have an impact on it. Yeah. Whereas if they go with a yes man, we'll see if I keep this part for the episode, but <laughs> then, I, then I'm not sure, you know, like I was, I was thinking about it in terms of like the, so like my sophomores, for example, like I know that I would want to have them next year because they've built those good habits because they weren't there for you know what was allowed to happen yeah, you're like freaking freedom rider man like. <laughs> <laughs> someone was someone used that they're like you're the next uh hillary swank right there but <laughs> uh but no i could i could see that though it, it's just it's disconcerting when i know we have pretty low enrollment too yeah. and they're closing schools left and right right now ever since they took off the whatever the word is for the freeze on that which is it, it's disconcerting because i i believe they should have school choice like that's you know something parents should be allowed to have but with all the charter, not to discount charters. I think they have their own mission. They're doing right by students for the most part, from what I can see on the outside, but it, it concerns me in terms of enrollment. <laughs> it's the way they're politically put in to suck away from neighborhood schools. Yeah. And, and that's the thing, right? Like I, I teach in an area where um, there's been a major proliferation for, 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 for charter schools. And I, I agree, like there, there is a purpose for them. They do serve a specific type of student that needs that. Um, but when it comes to the cost of taking away a, a, an option, maybe for, for students that maybe wouldn't fit into that, char- that, right. that charter yeah. mold, then, then it gets a little dicey for yeah. me. So say so. how many, how many kids are driving yeah. by bus, like 45 yeah. minutes just to get to the next bus to get to school. Yeah. And, and, you know, I mean, I might be a little hypocritical with that as well, teaching at a school where um, our high school, you know, does have, I mean, it has a neighborhood aspect to where those students get automatic enrollment, but there is a cut score with that, with being a... Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, it's an IB school, so... Yeah, so, yeah, our oh, high school, that's... so so our our K, K to 8 is, is open enrollment, and we, we do offer kind of pathways to education where students can apply and get in. But, um, no, I agree. Like I, I, it's, it's, it's an issue, not just in Chicago, but, um, across the United States, but particularly in Chicago, right? Like they keep saying like, we need more selective enrollment schools. We need more IB schools. We need more, um, we need more magnets, you know, even, even my brother-in-law the other day, he's like, well, why aren't they building more magnets here? I'm like, how about they just make every school in a neighborhood a great school? Yeah. Right? Like, why is it that they're not pumping th- that schools like, um, like have, you know, a classroom size of, you know, 28 to one. And, but then you're drawing from the same group of kids everywhere. Right? Like it's, it's, it's interesting because schools like the school that you teach at, or I teach at, um, or the school I taught at, or any other school in the city, really could like be an adequate school with the type of funding, right? And you know, sometimes we're like, well, schools that are in these specific neighborhoods, um, you know, those those students are just gonna, you know, turn it into what it is, and that's that's just like these backward racist policies that come out of the city of Chicago. Yeah. Have you also noticed at like so we were talking about a particular school that we won't mention, but like the quality of the building too. 
like that definitely plays into the way students feel when they're in the building, right? And like how they're going to perform or see themselves or how they think others see them. Yeah. Do you have you like noticed like it getting better in so like my building it feels like it's kind of crumbling in areas. Granted, it's a huge building, but have you, 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 yeah, you walk into to, to the staff bathroom and it was a smoking lounge back in the forties, <laughs> yeah, right? right? Yeah, like exactly. it still has that distinct smell of cigar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like we actually we also got this notice that we had to give to students. They were like, "Here, give this to your your seventh eighth period class." Lead paint and it was asbestos. Asbestos. Yeah. It was like this is to inform you that we have completed the check for asbestos. <laughs> And I was like, so did we pass? Like they didn't say in the letter. It just said we did the we did the check. That's well, all it was it like said. The, the lead in the in the water, right? Like yeah, that was the other oh, one too. your your school is free of lead. Like great, I've been working here for ten years, <laughs> and now like, we find out. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. So oh. um, but no, I, I I think it's right, right? Like I walk into to a school on we had um we had a debate tournament there, and it was on the north side. It's one of the the higher ranked schools in the city and the state, <clears throat> and I walk in. It's it's an older school, but <laughs> they have a hydroponic lab. They a have a ro- yeah, they have a robotics lab. Jesus, and I'm like, actually, I think we, we might have that too. Sorry, Quentin. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, do we have? It? I think we do. But I mean, it's like full on like, and I'm just kind of walking through, and I'm just kind of like, this is really interesting that they have that. And schools that are on the south and west side don't have things like this, right? Like, I grew up in the country. Like, I I, I went, I grew up uh, until fifth grade in Harvard, Illinois, and then my family moved to Belvedere. And I went to one of five elementary schools in Belvedere. Then all of us went to Belvedere Middle School. And then from Belvedere Middle School, we went to Belvedere High School. And, you know, since I left, it's split into two different high schools, but... There was no school choice there. We just went to that. Yeah. But in my city, there there were definitely distinct people, right? Like, we all kind of took classes the same freshman, sophomore year. And then, then we were essentially tracked to college-bound kids or, you know, trades kids. And But I remember my high school had – we had a full-on auto shop where students would would work on teachers' cars. Like, seriously, like they would do brake jobs and like they would do like all this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. We had um, an ag class where they would go out to a farm and they would they would do all this. We had a uh, construction class where you would take a junior sophomore year and it would be an apprenticeship. And basically you would go out for half of your day from school and go to to do a Habitat for Humanity build. And I'm like, service learning, right? right. And it's just kind of like, where are those options for these kids? Right. So I go into these schools where kids are definitely probably college bound because they had to get these test scores to get into this school that have hydroponics and robotics and like (laughs) all the auto. Yeah. 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 Right. And we don't have them on the South and the West side. Yeah. Like how fucked up is that? Right. Like. The kids who need these trades the most, and they tried doing it with 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 um, why can't I remember the name of the school that they just had the hunger strike for? That's a um, yeah, whatever. But but <laughs> <laughs> there there's schools that are trying to put these into place, but then even they're getting underfunded within that. Oh, so like they set it up and then they just kind of say, "All right, good luck." Right, because yeah. there's not the enrollment there for mm-hmm. them to get that right. And, and they took a big step this year by saying attendance is not going to be, you know, if you lose attendance, you're not going to get money slashed, but you're still getting. Oh, they said that. Um, this year. Okay, that's you're good. not going to get money slashed, but you're still getting paid on a student basis. 
Oh, okay. So uh, that's a nice way to yeah, right. <laughs> <jog around. laughs> yeah. But um, I I think that's an interesting thing, right? Like when I was growing up, at least it was a fact where students that maybe weren't going to college had skills in place, and, and that's kind of where I'm at. Like instead of making a deal with the city colleges where you get free tuition, why not make a deal with the pipe fitters union? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean that would be more beneficial get kids into like positions where they can actually have a stable job out out of high school yeah and i'm not i know that the it's always constantly college readiness which is great the skills are great but i'm not i don't think it's required for everybody i think it's 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 kind of putting a discount on those jobs that we need out there like skilled laborers or even even a janitor in a school that's an honorable profession a, a good wage and some kids Maybe that's what they want to do. Maybe that's what makes them happy. The 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 engineers within our school are are six figure a year jobs, and yeah. that's doesn't Great school. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, the college readiness thing is is interesting because, I mean, that goes into another political thing with like this whole like divide we have with our our diverse learner population, right? And we're cutting funds to like diverse learners within the city. Yet we have this whole college track. And we have to understand that some of our students that have, say, autism or Down syndrome, they might not be cut out for that. And if we're not giving the resources to them, how are we really helping them as well? Right? Like, um, and by cutting services to these kids, either they'll never get to where they need to be, or they're going to not have skills that allow them to be to be productive right. within society. And that and then sets them out there too. That's yeah. all. Dark note. Right, real quick, real quick. <laughs> it got dark real quick. <laughs> <laughs> on, that, on that dark note, we got a, got a quick promo. So okay. I wanted to let you know about a campaign I'm taking part in called Hashtag Two Pods a Day. It aims to introduce podcast listeners to two independent podcasts every day for the month of January. There's other months too, but anyways. We hope to give visibility to some of the great indie podcasts that you probably already ha- or that you probably haven't heard of. Hashtag Two Pods a Day encourages you to listen more, listen indie, Find more shows like mine, Classroom Brew, by following hashtag two pods a day on Twitter and Facebook. We're going to be on in January, so that'd be kind of cool. Okay. Got to grow the podcast. I thought this was going to be, uh, and by the way, for, you know, appearing on this podcast, <laughs> we're going to ask you for a generous donation. No, no. <laughs> That's the Patreon type of thing. Yeah, there you go. You know, right. Some some people, they'll make a lot off of podcasts. So, like, you ever right? heard of like Mark Marin? Like, he's, he's like a fame, well, he's like a D-list, maybe C-list celebrity, but... He makes like 15, 20 grand an episode. Yeah, he gets like, because he, he gets like 200,000 listens per episode. But, oh, okay. you know, if it's a, if he has like a pre-roll ad, mid-roll ad, and then like at the end, one more ad, it's like a couple thousand each. And then he gets his listeners and then add on. Yeah, I feel like such an old man. We <laughs> 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 were just talking about kids with technology. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> but uh, that, that would be the goal. Be yeah. the goal. No, we're going to, uh, I'm pretty excited. Uh, Insomniac Studios on the the south side or maybe it's blue island they're doing a custom track for the podcast so i'm I'm hoping when the new year rolls around this is the last episode oh this is the last episode of 2017 this one right now so i'm hoping by the next episode we'll have a a custom track for it instead of the the royalty free version it's pretty cool i got really dark about all the bullshit that's going on (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to kids and technology. You know what? That's a perfect sum up for 2017, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> You're talking about that too. They're like, uh, have you ever played HQ on your phone? It's it's a game show, but it's like a live yeah, stream. No. Oh, it's the, the host is <laughs> the host is so annoying. But they were doing 
uh, they were talking about like it was pop culture. Okay. And so like I think 17 people won and they split a $2,000 prize. So they each get like, what was that, 107, something like that. <laughs> More money than they yeah. had 15 minutes prior to. But he was talking about that, that show Handmaids on, I think it's Netflix. And he was he was like, oh, that's the, and the host, I've, he's never gone political before, but he was talking about 2017. He was like, it was a little bleak at times. And he said, Handmaids, the look into Mike Pence's presidency, if it ever happened. <laughs> and we were like, oh my God. <laughs> that, was, that was a good moment. Uh, Anyways. So, uh, I'm trying to think. Did we did we get to everything we wanted to? I think so. I think we did. I think so. All right. Anything that you wanted to plug, like facing history stuff, or um, you know, the, yeah, there's a lot of teachers in it. Like, um, I am definitely not endorsed or paid by facing history in ourselves, <laughs> but I definitely use it in every one of my classrooms, even my math classrooms. Um, it's a really great organization. Um, the professional developments are are like spot on um it's not even about the content like you know especially as history teachers we all know the history behind things but they definitely give us ways to teach it to students to make them actually think and whatnot um so yeah uh facinghistory.org uh lots of pds um for chicago teachers you can always get a uh, scholarship to pay for anything um i'm gonna be at one in january um on chicago and the neighborhood we live in that talks about the segregation of Chicago. And there's a benefit dinner if you are not a teacher and just want to give to it that I will be at as well coming in the spring. So, yeah. Cool. Yep. That'll be good. Yeah. All right. Well, this was episode 15 of Classroom Brew. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, Make sure you check us out on Instagram at Classroom Brew. If you want to contact us, we have the Facebook page, facebook.com slash Classroom Brew. There's also a YouTube channel. Uh, where you can check out episode previews as well as full-length episodes. Uh, I can't remember. We're on iTunes, uh, the podcast app, Google Play. I'm sure third-party streamers have uh, picked up on the audio, so check us out there. Thank you guys for listening. Please rate and review, spread the word, and we'll see you guys next week. Thank you for being on, Chris. Absolutely. Class dismissed. See you guys in 2018.